You just you just gotta gotta yeah. Is that the sound you make when you do back rubs? Yes. It's exactly what happens because of the fact that you know you got you gotta get in there into the knots, but also you want to keep the fingers free and flailing. The mental image of free and flailing fingers. See, see, the thing is, I the the thing is, you know, I I'm understanding that this is an audio recording, so you know, when I say free and flailing, and I you know make jazz hands with my fingers, no one can see it, and that's that's just a special treat for me. to save our progress of weekly podcasts and this is our anime movie night for the month of july this month we're taking a look at full metal alchemist the sacred star milos directed by kazuya murata screenplay by yuichi shimbo production by bones released back in july 2nd 2011 join me as always is craig anime janai You've got to come with a new catchphrase at some point. I will one day. You caught me with my pants down. Um, I, um, we've been recording for like four minutes beforehand. I know you really should have pulled your pants up by now. I'm <laughs> exactly. sorry. It's just being professional, Craig. I come listen on. much what Brendan said in the, the before the episode. Um, the jazz hands. No one can see them, so that's a special treat. No one needs to see. Me. Yeah, I could be lying right now. I could be. Yeah. Have, I could have pants on right now. We all you could. No one you knows. Could, you could be wearing like tights, like some ballerina tights right now. It's in, it, it, he's he's just business casual, just sitting in his room. <laughs> <laughs> and join us straight from Canada for the first time ever, friend of the podcast, Brendan uh, or Bro Daniels, as we like to refer him as. Brendan, Bro Daniels, Shaman Stick, whatever you know, just uh, what. Whatever internet persona I decide to put on that week. <laughs> yeah, it's like a different hat. I mean, honestly, it's just like I, I look very good in hats, so, you know, I have to find several different ones. Oh, Either that or, you know, I find the very ugly hat and I have to cast that hat into the shadow so no one can see it. Oh, that's the shaman stick hat? <laughs> yeah, that's that one. Yeah. <laughs> Unless, you know, I'm signing up for some kind of, you know, like video game service and everything else that I use is taken. <laughs> I think you have the same approach to video game or any service at this point as I do with my username, which is, look, I've been using it for so long, I don't... Fuck. I mean, you I'm... can you can change it. PSN sure, but what would change I change it, it to? I mean, at this point, I, I, I mean, at this point, it's just like I, I I have so many different little monikers, and all of them have some sort of bad memory, you know, just associated with them at some point. So it's just, you know what? Shaman sticks friendly. He's he's <laughs> nice to kids, I guess. <laughs> See, yes. I don't have an alternate moniker. <laughs> I just go by Zach by everybody. I don't have anything else, so it's like. I don't. What am I? My well, Zach is logged online on PSN. <laughs> I mean, you just, gotta, you, you, just gotta, you just gotta find a different use. Like if someone's got a K, you put in a CH. If someone's got the ZH, you put in the Araya. And if just, if someone's got Araya, well, then you, I guess there's I'm just pretty nothing sure you can do at that point. All these are taken. <laughs> uh, <I think. laughs> what about your Twitter handle? Could you just 
put that in for your PlayStation ID? Yeah, I, I don't know if I want to go on the internet, at least the PSN with my name. Right I don't there. know, man. You went on social media. You're one step yeah, away. Yeah, but that's a different, like, I don't know. You're one step away. Know. But PSN, those people are crazy. This I know, is there's true. people like Shaman Stick out there. You know, I mean, the it's PSN. crazy. The, 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 the other day, I ended up seeing somebody on Destiny who you just part of the future war cult who is using the, the F little emblem. And then his name oh. was just Uck Yourself. Oh, fun, and as always. I was just like, ah, yes. And yet I still get on the anime <laughs> podcast. I can't escape destiny. <laughs> oh, my fucking God. I, 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 I'm sorry. I know Pete isn't here, but it's 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 your destiny. By the way, uh, it's been fun being Fuck. with you guys. I understand that I'm Fuck. not going to be invited back, so I'm going to leave. Fuck! He's <laughs> burning all of his bridges now, uh, just getting him yeah. out of the way. Yeah, let's just get this podcast out of the way so we can never invite him back. So just, just burns down the entirety of the top of Canada. Fucking <laughs> Dustin. So, Brodan, we've been wanting to get you on the podcast for a while, and we, we there was a hole in the schedule, and we figured this was the time to put you in. So we had we went to you, and you're like, "What do you want to do?" And you said, "Full Metal Alchemist." Not this one, not that one, though. I've never seen that one. This is true because you know I've only I've, I've only seen one of the series to its entirety, and that was Brotherhood. Is I I was I was I was a very small boy and my I was very <laughs> I was very sheltered in my youth and then I was also very lazy in my adulthood. <laughs> yes. So you so you picked Sacred Star Milos as your choice and what's your experience with this movie or I guess with the series in your, general? Uh, personally, for me, it's like I my cousin was always really into the original Full Metal Alchemist. Uh, to the point where he's just basically it's like, dude, this is the greatest thing on the face of the earth. Like, I I need you to watch it. You need we need to watch it its entirety. And then after that, it's like we would literally turn it on. And is uh, he, we would get halfway through it, and of course, he, me me and my cousin have this weird strained relationship where he's like, man, this is awesome. I'm like, uh huh, and I'll be on my phone. So later on, I saw it. I decided to give it another chance. They're like, "Oh my god, I love this! This is fantastic!" And then I saw the I saw the movie. And I'm like, "Ah, yes, this is this is also this is also a thing." So for our opinions, I guess that will never come. But. So you when you say you gave it another shot, you gave the original another shot, or when uh, Brother- Brotherhood I, when, when Brotherhood came out because okay. I I did I did read the manga. Uh, I never actually finished the original series, the anime went in. Uh, it was airing. Mm. I I read through the manga, at which point there after that, it's like I gotten so many cliff notes from the original series as to exactly where it strayed and where it didn't stray. At which point I'm like, I I looked at the manga. I looked at I looked at the sixtieth sixtyish episodes that I, w- I had to watch. I'm like, you know what? I get the point. <laughs> yeah, I got I I got things to do. I guess Zach Zach <laughs> up there just like triple dipping and everything. He's like, I'm gonna go watch the original. And Zach, do you read the comic? I can't remember. I never read the comic. Uh, okay. uh, that's the that's the one thing you guys got on me uh, in that regard. I know that's this is like another. It's cool that I think you picked this choice, even though I've never seen this movie before. This whole session, but uh, I know one of our earliest friendships as us as a group right here, this tr- this trio right here, is that Full Metal Alchemist Brotherhood was because, uh, bro, not Bro Dan, but Craig was the one who started getting me to watch the show because you got him to watch the show. Oh, yep. I didn't so, actually I actually didn't know this. <laughs> uh but you were like, "Yo, from the Alchemist Brotherhood." And my my immediate response was, "Why do I need to watch the same thing again if they're just re- And they're like, "No, dog. They have this guy who looks like Hohenheim and the the homunculi are different." I'm like, "All right. I'm going to watch all of this." And I'm like, "Holy shit." 
This is I, nuts. I I will definitely say like I I am not like the biggest anime connoisseur in my spare time, but uh, it is definitely the first anime I actually bought on Blu-ray. So <laughs> there you go. At or which the... point it then you know spot spiraled into a problem. <laughs> That's my earliest memory of us as a group too. So I think it's very fitting that we're coming back around now. We're sucking you into the podcast land <laughs> from your normal daily life and <laughs> to talk about Full Metal Alchemist once again. I mean, I, I I will always take time out of my day to talk about Full Metal Alchemist. <laughs> well, let's not let's not get too ahead of ourselves. <laughs> Okay, so Sacred Star Meals. Craig, do you want to read the mouse synopsis? Would you please? Sure. Uh, I, I I tried making the Eng- English degree over there to speak. To whoa, speak whoa, whoa. This. You said it yourself, publishing. Like, you know, I can format this a lot better than it's formatted, but, you know, I mean, reading you probably, it. Oh, God. You, oh probably, God. <laughs> you probably could. Uh, that's not going to say that I will uh, speak this any better than anyone else could in this room. Uh, the mail, the description goes as such. Chasing a runaway alchemist with strange powers, brothers Edward and Alphonse Elric stumble into the uh, squalid valley of Milos. The Milosins uh, are an oppressed group that seek to reclaim their holy land from Kreta, a militaristic country that forcefully annexed their nation. In the eye of political storm, a girl named Julia, who empathetically wishes for the uh, for Milos to regain their their strength and to return them to an uh to being a nation of peace, <gasps> befriending the girl Edward and Alphonse find themselves in the midst of a rising resistance that involves the use of very object that they have been seeking all Go along. Higher. Go higher. Yeah, the philosopher's stone. <laughs> However, their past experiences with the stone caused them uh, reservation, and the brothers are unwilling to help, ultimately. Uh, But as they discover the secrets behind Kreta's intentions and the questionable history, the brothers are drawn into the battle between rebellious Milos, who desire the liberty, and Cretan military, who seek absolute power. Mwahaha, mwahaha. Ha 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 ha! Brava, brava. So, I, 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 so, so, so I haven't, I haven't actually listened to a, a, a lot of Craig's synopsis readings. Do we allow him to breathe through that, or if like, no, he, he's he... not. Actually, we deduct oh, points. Yeah. Oh, okay. <laughs> basically, if I embellish it too, it gets deduct points. Ba- basically, that gives a scorecard at the end of every. This is why I pawn this shit off because I don't like. Yeah, being this is judged. usually post podcast because I don't like people to think I'm a jerk. But I guess it's out in the open that yes, he. He usually loses points for taking breaths during the synopsis read, but yep. what can you do, right? Yeah. I mean, it's, it's hard to find good help these days. <laughs> it's true. Look, it keeps him on edge, and thus he makes a great podcaster that way. This is true. <laughs> yeah. God damn it. This is, how, this is how you make compelling content. <laughs> exactly. Uh, so that plot was something. Um, I don't... Zach, I just want to start by saying, man... We had we had such a wild day. I don't know what your brain was full of today, but I beat a video game and my brain's been full of that. And you messaged me and said, "Do you remember anything about this movie? Because it's been yeah. it's been a week <laughs> since we watched this." And I'm yeah, like, "Which is our normal time in between episodes, like viewing to episode?" But man, there's something just. I, I was like, your brain was not firing one year. 
right out the other, apparently, because I went to go sit down, take, taking notes, and I'm like, it reached to the most memorable moments. I usually jump straight to there so I could start getting that stuff out of the way and yeah. inspire other choices. And I'm like, what the fuck happened in this movie? <laughs> <laughs> okay, so if, if, if since I since I kind of remember what happened to the movie, do you want me to start? <laughs> I mean, uh, don't need to worry. This is just spitball. Right? Like, amusing. This is like, I can't remember... I, I mean I, I mean this the second the second Ashley Crichton took out the DeLorean like you know I just knew the movie was oh over. man <laughs> <laughs> and it revealed it was his father in the end shit oh god it was it was terrible how his grandfather figure was you know like thrown from that tower <laughs> and the special effects have aged perfectly when their faces mm. started melting up when they opened the covenant mm. so. I mean one of those is actually kind of accurate <laughs> uh, yeah. just a not too far off. So yeah, I had to skim through the movie again when I was making my notes, but I had to just point out to Craig's like, do you remember anything about this movie? Because I I had to literally like rewatch scenes from this film. It, it definitely does suffer from the from the uh, series like the Shonen series side movie where it's like, yes, we yep. are we are a side story that we we wanna we wanna be our own thing, but also at the same point too as well, we wanna try and be memorable. And most Shonen anime movies that I've seen that try to ride that line definitely. They end up not being as memorable as they want to be. Yeah, it's it's also to a point where I don't know what the general consensus on this movie was, but Zach, I think it came. I out think it was mostly kind of. I mean, if you look at the Mal, it's like a seven point eight ish. But I think the general consensus when you actually see people who talk about it, yeah, not too great. Yeah, you know? but I it, I feel like that's any shonen esque movie. Like yeah, Brandon was getting. To. Yeah, yeah, but to that effect. After watching this movie, I thought to myself, "Man, I kind of want to watch." Conquer what did I do Shambhala. for the past two hours? <laughs> it, well, oh, that's well, your uh, well, well, also that, but we were riff tracking it, so we were having a good time. But also, yeah, conquer Shambhala. That movie's wild. Yeah, maybe, maybe next time, it's sometime in the future, we'll yeah. come back and do conquer Shambhala. But right I'll, now, it's, I'll, it's I'll, all I'll, I'll actually watch the original series. <laughs> there we go. I, I I think it's good. I think it still holds up. I did a rewatch of that a couple of years ago, and I think that still holds up very well. Brohood, I definitely need to also rewatch because that's been a decade now since I've seen that. When basically the last episode aired, that was the last time I watched brotherhood just zach put down the headphones he's like and that's enough <laughs> i just yeah it definitely has a lot of that shonen film and i think that came down the writing as well because when i was looking some as much info yeah, as i can what tidbits do we have it? for this not a lot um and i didn't do too crazy of a deep dive usually if i have a lot it might be because i really liked it and i'm just diving into the forums <laughs> or stupid interviews i'm like I don't even remember what happened in this movie. I'll go look at the INDV <laughs> trivia page real quick. Yeah, th this one, you're like, man, I wasn't really feeling this. I've lit When did you take your notes? Did you take them today, then? I took them today, this morning, like a couple hours before I messaged you. By the time I was messaging you, I was, like, wrapping up the notes. Yeah. But I was, or, like, close to halfway. I was, yeah. I was saying out the messages to people who were, like, talking to me. Like, man, this movie, I can't, I can't remember. What happened? What is time? <laughs> crazy night, you know? Had a bad hangover. I was just, what did I do yesterday? Oh, shit. For two hours. And then it's like... But, like, the writer who was brought on to it okay. uh, basically stated, like, he was having a hard time trying to come up with, like, a sort a plot with it that wouldn't affect the plot of like the series because he obviously 
it can't it can't change anything. Yeah, it can't really affect the world state of the mistress, right? Yeah. Yeah, but he wanted to contribute to the world. So basically he it says like in the IMDB this takes place between anywhere between fifteen and twenty four, because obviously Al has the ability to use the transmutation yeah. without the circle. Yeah. And but the fear the fear hasn't split up Roy Mustaine and his gang yet. They're still like a little get together group still. So oh right, in the up. beginning, right? Yeah. Yes. Uh I I I want to say because it takes place uh, right as soon as Al sees the truth. I think. Uh, yeah. Yeah. I want to say it's like shortly after shortly after Lust gets incinerated. I want to say. Ah. Yeah, they yeah. definitely said the truth was a big aspect because they wanted to basically the writer pointed out that he wanted to make it so like it makes sense that Ed would go to this other country to investigate something because after figuring out there's his body's on the other side and seeing the truth that he would want to investigate it more and how obviously the story kind of involves some aspects of finding, seeing the truth on the other side mm-hmm. as well. So that's why the connections there as much as this, the plot of this movie makes any sense in that regard. But uh, yeah, that's the little tidbit I found that in like the table is based on Spain. Um, that's basically oh, all table, I got. Is table city. That, that makes, yeah. a, that makes a lot more of the themes. Of the movie actually make a lot more sense. <laughs> yeah. So like, I guess the director went out to Spain to do some research, uh, to figure, to be kind of to pull some inspirations for the, it, the background, and the visuals of this film and yeah. so on and so forth. So, but that's about all the tidbits I got. But with that in mind, do you guys want to jump into the ye old questions? Yes. Sure. All right. So the first one, favorite of Craig's. Describe the movie's plot or themes using one word or sentence. I didn't explain this before the podcast, so I will say plain <laughs> to you, Brendan. So, we usually will say, like, either a word or a sentence what's relating to the movie, either through their plot or the themes. Like, I will start. I will say werewolves. I will I will say um... Batman. Uh, so I can use a one word or a whole sentence, right? Yeah, you may. Uh, sixty-four episodes, hour and a half. <laughs> wow, I mean that's pretty apt. <laughs> uh, blood, so much blood, so much blood, guys. I the 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 big thing that I the big theme that I found in this movie is basically it's the guy who, who, who I I didn't catch the writer's name again. Uh, but uh, Yuichi Shimbo. Yeah, when he sat down to write this movie, basically it's just like he had just finished the manga. He's like, okay, so I have two hours to basically tell this entire story, at which point there is like, cool, so you know what? I will just tell like a second and a half of every single one just so I can just tie it all up in a neat little bow so it'll just be foreshadowing for the rest of the series. <laughs> and from what I hear, this movie was in production for a year, um, so which might explain some rushed elements to it Yeah. Uh, as we get down to the nitty-gritty, but... Uh... I already said my other one. Blood. So much blood. <laughs> Liquid <laughs> hot magma. Goddamn. Uh, hands. Lots of hands. Uh, imperialism is bad, guys. Imperialism <laughs> is not good. It's bad. <laughs> uh, Craig. Let's see here. Uh, um, I have written here uh, The Promised Land. I would just I, I I would just like to go with stalemate. <laughs> Stale. Stale. Like this movie. Uh, yeah. <laughs> oh shit. <laughs> Fuck. But uh, no. fucked. Magma takes, guys. Hot magma takes. <laughs> uh, and my last one, it's it's another big alchemy circle again, guys. <laughs> oh, that's good. That's good. That's good. 
Big... Like our fourth time? I mean, come on. <laughs> I, I, after a while, it's just like, you know what? You could just change it up, like make a triangle, something like that. You know, just like yeah, some, come on. Doesn't some kind of to be an alchemy circle? <laughs> I, I, I have one final one as well. What a twist. What a t- Oh, God, we'll get into that later, too. <laughs> yes. Uh... Uh, Brodan, you got any other ones? Uh, actually, yeah, uh, Two Face. No, oh, <laughs> there we go. Uh, specifically played by Tommy Lee Jones. <laughs> oh man, I hear he wasn't that good to work with in that movie. No, I've heard that too. Anyway, let's move on to the next segment. Sub, dub check, favorite performances or characters. Okay, first off, we all watch the sub, right? Yes, we are. I the the first time I watched this movie, I did watch the dub. Yeah, the the watching the sub with you guys was the first time I've actually seen it. Okay, but you've seen both. Me and Craig watch the sub. So what are you guys' favorite performances or characters that appeared in this film? That's the thing, right? I wrote down just because I could just uh, Romy Park as Ed because it's been probably a decade since I've last heard her. Oh, yeah, that and Rian Kugamiya as uh, Alphonse as well, just like... It just it's it's bringing you back to that moment. Even though, like I said, I watched the OG show like three, four years ago, uh, rewatch of that, and still the same actors then too. But still, it's always nice. I love these characters and these siblings specifically, so I always love hearing the performances again as well. Uh, I would have to say uh, for me again, just because of the fact like I did again, I just don't know the Japanese actors' names, uh, so I'll just go characters. Mm. Uh, Edward Alphonse. Uh, uh, who actually ended up doing uh, Ashley Crichton as well, too, I very much enjoyed. Um, uh, Toshiyuki Morikawa yes. is his name on the list that I have just, in front of me. Just the, just the sound towards the end of the, mo- end of the movie, like, just his voice just powerful, coming deep from deep from below. That was very good. Uh, yes. And, of course, you can't forget Gonzalez. You just can't forget Gonzalez. <laughs> you can't <laughs> forget Gonzalez. Old man I do gone. not have his voice actor on hand, unfortunately. <laughs> I noticed it in the wiki. It was not there. And I was very sad. Very... Excluded him and Pedro. Gonzalez Erasure. Uh, that is the biggest travesty of this movie. <laughs> Even though it's not, like, my favorite character performance, I gotta say, hearing Maya Sakamoto yep. as Julia... Immediately after I finished uh, my rewatch of Escaflone, who she plays the lead in that, and then going straight into this was just a little, I don't know what the words are described, just like a boom, like turn, wild turn, I guess. You're like, so. oh, wow, I didn't expect you to be here. Hello. And then she's also in Oran, which I'm watching right now. Who's she in Oran? So just, uh, she's Haruhi in that. Oh, nice. Yeah, so I'm just getting Maya Sakamoto everywhere now, apparently. So I'm just... Um, honestly, <laughs> uh, I, I'm actually just going to go to dub as well, too, just because of the fact that like, I've seen both. Go for uh, it. Travis Willingham is Roy Mustang mm. every, every single... Oh, my God. Mm. There's something about that man's voice that just soothes my soul. <laughs> and I know he... Did, we didn't watch the dub, but I know in the dub, Melvin's voiced by... Uh, Matt Mercer, right? Matthew, yes, Matt yeah. Mercer. That's who that per, was, that so. performance as well in the dub is actually very good as well, too. Yes. Nice. Uh, yes. Why am I always blanking on who they replaced Al with? Um, oh, it's... Uh, oh, God. What's her, what's her name? It's, it's Aaron Dismuke in the original. Uh, Maxie Whitehead, I think? Yes, I believe so. Yes. No, she, she does a very stand-up job in this as well, too. And then that is that is all of the people of the dub that I actually remember who were in this movie. <laughs> <laughs> okay, let's, then let's move on to the next segment. <laughs> Standout production values. What are you guys' favorite production values that appeared in this film? 
Uh, if you guys don't mind if I start, actually. Uh, go. No, go for ba it. Basically, the biggest thing that I love as well, too, is just the the messiness of how everything's actually presented as well, too. Because the the anime basically going from either the original the original FMA or Brotherhood, uh, it always seems very well drawn to the point where it's, like, it's not messy at all. Mm -hmm. uh, it's very neat lines and everything like that, where this one, especially in some of the action scenes towards the end of the movie and everything as well, too, it's just seems messy it's mashed together it's hectic and i really enjoy that uh, it, i agree it's very fluid like it's i know that was a thing i saw people had a lot of problems with but i think that's more i also enjoyed it too and uh, i think it's just more i guess a preference but i like it kind of reminds me a lot of masaki yuasa's work with the Tommy galaxy and devil man cry baby and there's like a it's there's a fluidity to it you know where it's like it's constant motion but then proportion sizes won't always be correct like I always think of the. I'm thinking of like the werewolf when he sticks his arm in. It's like a giant man-sized arm when he sticks it I, in. There, there was a there was a meme that I saw. I think when this movie like first came out as well too, because I when this movie first came out, I was also still really into Scott Pilgrim as well too. And someone just basically ended up pointing out just like the uh, how Ed's hair went, like, like in some of the actual like animation scenes, and just the the drawing where. Michael Sarah, the movie pops up and it's like, have you seen a girl with hair that looks like this? <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> and I know when I was looking up some of the discourse, I know some people said, I guess at the time period, we're comparing this to be like the trying too hard to be like a Ghibli movie, which I didn't completely understand. And I guess that a lot of that stems from one of the chief animation directors. There's like three of them on here. It's Kenichi Kon Kenichi. Konichi? Kenichi Konichi. Wow, that's fun. I didn't, uh, I guess worked on a couple of Ghibli films, but outside of like one particular moment when Julia gets mad and then her hair does the, the Ghibli hair lift thing, yeah, I don't it, see it. it. That was like the only time, right, where her hair Maybe some poops. scenery porn, but that's about it, really? I don't see many comparisons. Like I said, Yuasa came to my mind as well, but again, 2011, Yuasa wasn't as big of a name like i think tatami galaxy was out or at least kaiba was out at that time mm. so his name was not as big as it is now you said 2000 but... 2007 uh 2011 oh, I think 2011 yeah tatami galaxy was out by then yeah yeah because this movie came out 2011 right yeah uh, when I, I i said it at the top of the show and uh completely for... yes 2011 so i don't think it still wasn't as big a thing because i know tatami galaxy was more like I want to want to say a cult hit, but it definitely has its audience. a smaller following. It kind of just grew with time, basically with his name growing bigger and bigger. And that's the first person I thought of, just seeing the type of style of animation. Like, I think people just have a problem with the inconsistency because sometimes it could be on model, but other times, like you say, it could be just be like whirling limbs everywhere. I like, mean, I, I give him props to that to a point where it kind of made me think, man, this is Bones. I don't know... You said, like, one of the animators were was from Miyazaki's, or Ghibli, so it's, like, interesting how they're pulling talent, right? And this is the same studio that would do Mob and uh, My Hero, right? So My Hero, Space Dandy, yeah. uh, Soul Eater, so on and so forth. Yeah. So, of course, that Full Metal Alchemist itself. And, uh, no, no, it kind of gives me that feel like, and I see how someone can use this as a negative, but it feels like every scene usually has, like, it's obviously its own animator, key animator for that scene. And I feel like everyone kind of brings their own, like, little flourish to each scene, you know? And I think that's so... That's what kept me entertained and pulled for the rest of the, most of the movie as well, is just seeing how the animation, mostly during these action bits, 
keeping me entertained. Yeah, well, like, when the movie's not doing it, it's not really pulling me in. Well, you, can well, at least like, watch, you can at least look at the background and be like, oh, pretty. <laughs> well, it's interesting, too, because the movie literally, and we I said this when we were watching it last week, but it literally just throws you in, and it's nonstop action for what feels like 20 minutes to a point where it's just like, okay, when are they going to talk about it? Then they do, like, expo dump for, like, what feels like 30 minutes, and then the rest of the movie is like, yeah, we're going back to action again because that's what we do. Action. Let's have, like, Ashley literally fucking force lightning a guy to death and burn him while having the Wolfman try and attack him on a train. It, it's pretty cool. And that's the other thing I like about this movie as well. A uh, little bit is that I like the setting of the world too. Like I like the idea of the table. It's not like the most interesting visually, but I like some of the ideas of like the higher class. Yeah. In this small pillar, and then there's like a pit below uh, where all, but the, basically that's where the slums are, roll all the trash down, and so on and so forth. And I think I like some of the world building in that regard, even though I don't think it's handled amazingly well half the time. A key point to Batman. Um, <laughs> listen, they're vigilante justice. It's it's the other thing as well too, right? Because like uh, in some, especially with some series and everything like that too, as well. It's like the world building itself doesn't always make sense to what the characters actually have to go through. But at the same point too, as well, it's just like there's a definite like I like you were saying there too, as well. Like when it comes to class system and everything too, as well, it's a definite okay, these are the rich, these are the powerful, these are the people we want to take care of, these are the garbage people. <laughs> yep, and most of the, the people, the quote-unquote garbage people down below yeah. are the original people that, going back to that theme, I said imperialism is bad, guys, because exactly. all the people we see up there are the main country, I forget our main country. Creta. Full Metal Alchemist. Not Creta. Creta's this country. Mi- Milos. Yeah, not Milos. I meant our, where Ed and Al are from. Uh, Amestris, I yes, think. Yes, because that's the people who we deal with at the beginning most of the time are Yoki clone. <laughs> yeah, the Milosians are down The Milosians are down below, and then Amestris, who, yeah. <laughs> uh, and and Yoki, too. We, so. it, that, God damn it, man. Why did they, they just needed a Yoki, too, just to be like a just, pencil pusher. Yeah, they just changed his mustache to be a little bit thicker. In less personality. I, I, uh, I would like. I would like to also point out in the production values. How exactly is it in every single like FMA series? Um, someone throws on a mustache and all of a sudden they are just disguised. <laughs> yeah, totally. Like at the very oh. beginning of the movie as well too. It's just like Melvin. You 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 meet him and it's literally just oh. This is a man with a mustache and glasses. Clearly, he must be evil. <laughs> I mean, have you played the Hitman games? I mean, if you wear a donut suit, you're clearly in disguise, and you can just perform assassinations, no problem. I mean, I mean that donut master's mind his own business. So, I mean, honestly, it's just like the other the other day I threw on a hat, and I had several people that didn't recognize me either. So I realized disguises are not hard to do, but like, damn. <laughs> sneaky, sneaky. Yeah, there we go. Anything else you want to point out in the standout production value wise? That's pretty much all I got, to be honest. Yeah, same. Uh, honestly, uh, some of the music that actually goes in through as well too. Like, um, mm. I would probably say not not even so much like their main theme as they're going into Milos or anything like that, but just basically just some of the background music that goes through, especially in some of the high octane scenes and stuff like that. Uh, definitely mm. works very well. Yeah, the see the soundtrack is composed by Taro Isha Iwashiro, who's worked with the director on a couple of things, Gargantia yep. and Aiko specifically. Uh, the director, um, whose name I'm spacing on because I don't have it in, written in front of me currently, uh, uh, Kazuya Murata. Yep. 
He directed Yurka 7, and he also did Gargantia and Ico, and it uh, seems like he's used this same composer when working on those productions as well. So, Yeah, a lot of, a lot of um, free-flowing flutes and woodwinds and stuff like that as well, too. Just de- definitely just helps to deal with the Spanish aesthetic as well, too. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's very fitting for the setting. It helps with the world building in a sense. It gives you a good sense of place. Yeah, I can see. All right, so let's move on to the other oh. section that I had the most difficult filling out. The most memorable Zach. moments. I have one. I have three. <laughs> Come on, Zach. Okay. I'll let all you guys go first, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and he'll piggyback right off of us. Exactly. Uh, well, I'll start off with the, <laughs> um, the train sequence was very good. <laughs> I know it's funny because I was reading again. I was reading up a lot of the people's problems with the movie. A lot of people thought this movie scene was hard to follow, but I thought it was, I don't know, entertaining to watch outside of watching the CG train fall to its side. But everything else from going in and out and the werewolf and like I said that giant arm that the werewolf has at one point, I don't know. I was having a good time on that. Mm. That's about all I got. Uh, I mean, Zach, we have like three sequences back to back to back. Uh. We have Batwoman, uh, Miranda, literally getting Batwoman, yeah, literally getting killed to power the super super blood circle. Uh, oh man! I mean, I guess it's just like I was just more. I didn't think it was. A, I guess it's memorable, but not in a good way. I guess in the and because it's related to the plot twist, that I don't really care for. Oh, you mean Metal Face? You know, literally many th- blowing up a person's head. No, I don't want to get into it because I want to save that for nitpicks. But uh, <laughs> but you go on. Tell me other memorable moments in this movie. I only have one other one, and I'm sure Brendan probably has it too. But Julia going on full uh, to quote Brendan, full on Scarlet Witch while eating the Philosopher's Stone. That's pretty. Honestly, that whole that was... lightning battle at the end of the movie just seemed like straight <laughs> out of Harry Potter. Like, it really okay. did. I liked it, but it's stupid. <laughs> It's I don't. I mean, the action sequences are good in this movie, even though they do get Harry Pottery at times. I just still just because they're nice to look at. It's, I think the animation's nice. That's really all I got going for. But it. here, I don't know here, what here to tell here's the question though, and it's again, it's been a decade since I've seen Brotherhood. But was that really all the combat was in Brotherhood? Fullmetal Alchemist is just. Do they shoot they, lightning in Brotherhood? They don't shoot lightning in Brotherhood. No, the most yeah. the, the, the most that really gets taken out is uh, the first episode of Brotherhood. Of course, like basically going through like um, the Ice Man that was literally just brought ah. in for the exposition to make it different. Um, there, of course, is Roy Mustang always shooting fire. You know, uh, yeah. basically yeah. Travis Willingham killing Laura Bailey on screen. Um, ah. Iconic. God damn, they're married. <laughs> yeah, but that was always considered like uh, a unique also, thing um, for that person. So, uh, Crimson Alchemist Kimberly. Uh, yeah, blows up faces. Not really again lightning or anything like that. But then there's, he has the there's a he lot, has the philosopher's stone. That there's was a lot of aesthetic thing. to lightning. Uh, within al- within alchemy throughout the series, it's just sure. But this yeah. is the first time where it actually is. They, whenever someone lightning. does have a philosopher's stone, this is a the lot most shonen-y ask fight scene probably in any of all FMA was this, especially the final fight scene on it at the lava pit base area where the lightning shooting was on and they're taking on fucking Darth Vader and just <laughs> it it was it's yeah. arguably the most shonen jump esque fight that I've probably all of the FMA franchise. I don't know, man. You remember the father fight scene? Where Ed literally I mean, you can't get more fu- than Harry Potter lightning bolts at each other, unlimited power. Uh, true, true. 
I would probably have to say I don't I don't think my standout moments actually are like as uh, as actiony as your guys is there. Um, I would probably say of course the train scene definitely. Um, mm-hmm. That being said, actually like a little bit of beginning as well too is just that exposition scene literally just for the very beginning of trying to show what the world building was of them escaping them escaping Milos uh, as it's being taken to Krata. Um, I think for me it was more just because I just recently watched. Oh god, what a... No, it's I'd recently just... I did my playthrough through the first of Last of Us before, like, the part two came out. Mm. Uh, where there... You can go through optional conversations and stuff like that, and when one of them, you literally just see people getting executed in the streets and stuff while they're showing all of that in the background for Krata. Mm. Um, again, uh, basically after uh, Al falls down with Julia down into the pit, uh, Edward just having to, you know, basically do the... Do the ah fuck well I guess I'll go get him. <laughs> I did. I also love the sense of point of view that we got when Alphonse is first hanging off the balcony, looking down. You see that large. I think there was a piece of garbage that falls down into yeah. the water for far to give you the sense of distance, and I love that. I like probably my favorite part of that entire scene is literally just as Ed's going down. Yeah, he's literally just going down like the little conveyor belt, just basically just and getting garbage piled onto him as well too. Uh. Immediately. Not said enough. Edward is the MacGyver of the, right. <laughs> of the, of the full, me- full Metal Alchemist. I will find. He will find any way to basically just do anything with anything. <laughs> it's probably the best way I could describe that. Ingenuity, uh, motherfuckers. Uh fuck. What else was there? Uh of course the 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 demise of Pablo. Was it Pedro? Was it Pedro. 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 Sorry. Pedro. You know, so <laughs> memorable character Pedro that you didn't remember his name. <laughs> we all bonded over him. The, 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 we warned him. The, see, the, well, it's literally, literally the, the, big, the big memorable part behind that that I find is basically as Ed is going through this entire, this entire pit, uh, realizing exactly the plight that these people are going through. I feel like that is more better demonstrated later on the film which i think is a bad choice of pacing wise where basically when they he stumbles upon that funeral after he chooses not to participate with the mass genocide and calling of people Uh. or sacrificial of the people who want to willing to sacrifice themselves i thought that was a better uh thing that basically you just described words are hard (laughs) yeah like except also like it's 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 things like that it's just like uh i wouldn't really call like the actiony parts, like some of the most memorable moments or anything like that, it's some of the it's a quiet moments, like the story beats of like, uh, like yeah, the quieter moments, like colonialism and imperialism, and that are displayed throughout the movie. I'm not disagreeing, yeah, because like I said, I did agree with the. I think the world is the setting Class. itself was interesting. I just never it. It was hard to come up with ideas for this movie because I don't find this movie super memorable in the long run. No, that's, which I, is also that's fair. part of the reason <laughs> is, is a lot of the story beats are very by the books, um, not super memorable. And like I said, speed, the sense of pacing in this movie is all over the place. Like it, hit, it hits you hard, fast, slows the fuck down for a good while. Ed and Al introduce themselves like twice because it's two different groups. Like at the beginning with those random soldiers, then again to the people down below. And then slows down again. Oh, werewolf attack slows down. Fuck again. They go on this whole search to go find his underground stadium. Speeds up for this last half hour where magma and Two Face and well, all that a stuff Darth happens. Vader shows up. Well, also too to that point, and I guess this could be kind of a nitpick too, but it feels like this movie definitely was kind of trying to like ape Ishvala all over again. It's just like okay, yeah. you've seen Fullmetal Alchemist 03, you've seen Brotherhood. 
you know that uh, unless like war is bad guys colonialism colonialism is imperialism is bad let's do that again in two hours Pain. That's, that's it's kind of like what I was saying at the beginning at the beginning of the podcast as well too. Is basically it's like cool. So we've we've all seen FMA. Let's try to shrink down all of the story beats to two hours. <laughs> yep. Yeah. Pretty much. <laughs> and, and they do make a reference shot in FMA three is basically that shot of the underground city uh, under the plate. Oh the city, right. Like, the, the city under city. That's straight out from the ending of FMA three as well. So that's it's weird like. I guess homage, wink, wink, nudge, nudge. Uh, you guys watch this, right? Right? <laughs> yeah, you, you know, underground city, right? 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 Ah, yes. Trap, Chinese trap city. box that Evan <laughs> Al gets stuck in. Oh, right. That is not an FMAOS. <laughs> oh, that Chinese trap box. Hmm. Um, unless there's any other good moments you guys want to point out, we could head over to Nitpicks. Yeah, I'd say that's, I'd say that's fine. <laughs> sure. Let's say, okay, let's head into the Nitpicks. Um, Zach, what do you have? Why is Winry here? Why is Roy here? Why is any of the side characters that's not Ed and Al here, to be quite honest? Like, I get the idea of Roy sending them up on the mission, like a typical, like, like an FMAO 3 and at the beginning of Brotherhood. They sent, Roy will be the guy to send them off on to do state alchemist missions things. I get it. They need. But why does it, what's his involvement here involved in the film? Why does he need to come in? I mean, I know why. It's fan service. Yes, but and that is They it. have no purpose to be there just to throw more characters and we don't and then i just feel and i sit here feeling i mean i saw them but did they do anything when we repair his arm but didn't they I, need to break well, the arm for the plot the, to also, go first also the thing is like with the repairing of the arm and everything as well too with winry it's just like you you introduced another automail technician that li- literally the entirety the entirety of the reason for winry to be here is just be like oh my god your arm's broken and godzilla's be like oh my god you made that <laughs> It, it's it's to a point too where I think Zach said it while we were watching it or shortly after to be like man old man Gonzalez could have just made him like some shit like rusty ass shit like shabby auto yeah mail. like he gave some like like gave him some junky auto mail that keeps breaking during and like he has the last to like fight. reforge it to, like use alchemy to repair it constantly or to make shift into other craft in the fight that would have been, been cool yeah. Or maybe just don't have it break at all. Yeah. When Reese doesn't need the be. And, and, like, <laughs> and like, I don't know where my mind was at, but I I must have blinked and missed it because I was like, wait, Roy and Hawk, or, or, like Roy and uh, Hawkeye are here. Where'd they go? And you're like, they're fighting the werewolves. I'm like, where'd they? Yeah, they're kind of like in the bed. They're over there what? fighting the werewolves. They're not on screen right now, but they're, you know. They, they, they didn't that, even so. do anything. They just showed up on screen. And they're like, we're here, Full Metal. And I'm like, oh, Travis, Travis. Um, the thing that I nitpick about this movie, and it's kind of stupid, and we all just pointed it out consistently during the downtime of this movie, was, man, the Milosins, I really get that you want, like, the allegory of, like, kind of, like, trying to get back your holy land from, like, people trying to, like, step on your turf. They really want their land back. They want this holy, like, lava to, like, magma, to, like, cleanse it and just basically... They think that will bring back no. That's dumb. It's going to prob it's going to flood over the ravine. Then again, I'm not trying to belittle their their the, this whole belief system. But when Ed and Al basically say, "Yo, you want to try and sacrifice people to create this philosopher's stone? Don't do it. My brother is tied to a piece of armor. I am dismembered. Do not do this." And they're like. Well, shit, I don't know if we should do this. Wait, we should do this! 
We need well, to make the tough call. That's that, that's kind of like one of my nitpicks with like not not only this movie but also like the entirety of FMA. It's just like literally, it's like you've got this, you've you've got this walking this walking story of whoa. That's literally Edward and Alphonse as to why why he, trying to bring back people from the bring back people from the dead or you know go for ultimate power is bad. Yeah. At which point every single person just sees it and you're like. I can do this Yeah, better. but I think I'm different. <laughs> I can do better than them. Don't worry, we have contingency plans. Hubris, what the fuck is even, that? And even though with that, and I think this is one of my this is on my list of nitpicks too, and it's related to what you're saying, is the, the introduction of the ethical dilemma of like setting up the mass sacrifice from, I don't know, fuck, what's his face goes like, no, we're willing to die. I'm like, oh, cool, what's, whatever your name is who just spoke for the first time right now. Um, mm. it, they, they, I'm glad it, you're willing to die. It's, it's the thing as well, too. Like, they set up all these one-off characters and everything throughout the entire movie that are all just basically there. So it's like, oh, yeah, I'll die for my country. It's like, cool, and then you you are? <laughs> and that's the point where I kind of, and like I said, it does a t- not a great job of setting up its emotional stakes because, like, the Pedro situation, that's why it kind of falls flat is because we don't know. Pedro may have divulged his life story essentially to us but we don't get to know these people long enough or see how things work in this culture and how they live and so on and so forth besides people telling us what they're doing we don't see much of it especially in that early beginning and it doesn't create this moral dilemma for us and then when the time has come and julia has to kind of like think about it she's like oh go back back and forth and just i don't know it doesn't create like a lot of dramatic stakes and then when they decide to do the mission i don't know it's just like it falls flat yeah when then they get to the end when melvin makes the inevitable betrayal it's but i don't know also to that point then after melvin betrays they beat him then darth vader shows up and then fucking explodes his face and then okay we just transition to my other like fucking (laughs) a villain on a villain (laughs) My 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 big my my big nitpick with this is uh and, and something Zach brought up earlier already. It's like the pacing is just all over the place. Yeah. So there it's it's nonstop action and then it has to come to a screeching halt because the movie has not caught up with explaining what it wants to do with it. It needs to breathe. It's it it's basically it's okay okay we're gonna fight we're gonna fight we're gonna fight wait no we didn't explain why we were fighting so we're gonna take five minutes to do that oh wait nope shit's happening again and then after that it's like it has to. It has to keep trying to bring it reel itself in, in order to actually explain to you enough why it's going all out. <laughs> and yet, doesn't explain enough, and it doesn't do it well because it's trying to juggle like all these characters. That's why I feel like it's so annoying with the accessory characters, like including Roy and Winry. We're wasting time showing Winry and Roy talking on the train when they absolutely have no essential need for the plot, where we could be using that time towards something else explain the backstory set up that melvin twist a little bit better not the first one but the second one I, when he reveals to darth vader reveals to be actual melvin I, and yeah like to a point where um the factions we spend so much time with the milosins down in the pit i forgot that the Cratons were just chilling up in the city like i kind of blood them together with the fucking y- yoki 2.0 where i was like Oh wait, there's this metal face. Wait, he, wait, he's all oh, right. Right, Cretans are bad, and they're wanting to take over the the trash pit. And Darth Darth Vader is the real bad guy. Oh, he's the brother. What? 
Well, it's 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 also the thing as well too. Like even when it's uh going into this movie, even when it's going into the point of trying to introduce um the of course the leader of the military or who are we 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 are tastefully referred to as Darth Vader. <laughs> uh, uh, basically, what we're very it, well read. Herschel <laughs> is it, his technical name, but we're calling him Darth Vader because it's cooler. Where, well, also at the same point too as well. It's like he's a major military player from Kreta as well too so it's just basically it's it's got this military standoff in the movie as well too and it's trying it's best to try to explain itself except also the same point you don't see enough of Herschel in order to, in order to actually get that payoff from the betrayal yeah like you you see it you see him like once or twice I would say probably throughout about a 30 to 40 minute span before it's he just sits in his chair the, before it's revealed to be, it's like, ah, yes, well, I guess I have to go do it myself. I'm Ashley Crichton. Pleasure to make your acquaintance. Let me burn your face. Ah! Oh. <laughs> when you when you could feel you could switch any of the soldiers, including Darth Vader and the many other soldiers, uh, with anybody else, and it leaves no impact on the story. That just shows they didn't really set up their quote-unquote end villain slash twists all that well. Not really. I just... No. I'm so focused on Melvin. And of course, I knew Melvin. First, Melvin won was going to betray uh, we all called it because it yeah it, it just felt i mean come on <laughs> we all knew it and i do have one question so his part of his backstory was okay. he killed the parents and he ripped Me- og melvin's face off and grafted it to his own yes. to disguise him but the part i did and I, listen to me here he did to him when he was a child, but he's an adult man with an adult-esque <laughs> face. He doesn't have a small child child's face stretched over his regular human adult male face. And this is this is also keeping in mind that you know, like, ah, <laughs> uh, like like OG oh, Ashley Crichton did. They they hadn't eaten any philosopher's stones yet. Like, <laughs> I, yeah, like so it, the imposter at no point decided to say, mm, "You know what? You know what would be a great Mike and Ike? This rock." <laughs> <laughs> And all, and also that twist doesn't feel good because we know he's the bad guy, but the the twist of that comes out of nowhere is that oh I'm not OG Melvin I'm this random soldier that we you saw like in the background in one scene at the very beginning I'm a crazy psychopath cool it's it's, it's to the point where this movie makes you feel like you have to take notes throughout the entire thing to check back it's and just... it, it doesn't and it it's not a very well told reveal mystery because you can go back and follow those and you can see the beats of like oh with the lead up into solving the mystery and all oh, that makes sense it just feels out of nowhere because the character doesn't get a proper introduction who the original no melvin one i don't even know what the soldier's name who was in the background for like one scene nope and i know he had the rank of lieutenant that's it yep well good job lieutenant <laughs> and um it it's just it's it falls flat on his face and then like I said it immediately also reveals shortly like twenty minutes afterwards aha but I'm the original Melvin C I have no it was face. it was me to you it, it just all falls flat in the end all these familial slash crazy psycho reveals of murder and it mysterious intrigue and it just all falls flat in the end because there's no time to set any of them up or rather they try to juggle too much and I think. And causes all to fall down because then I just remembered I can't juggle. So shit! Oh my god, there's balls all over the place. <laughs> oh, that's really all I got though. Same. I mean, that's a big chunk of what and why it doesn't feel super memorable. But um, that and it was that and it was a lot of action. 
and well, it's, yeah. it, it, it's, it, it's like you feel like you can, if you took out the alchemy bit, you, you could have replaced it with literally any other shonen anime. It would have made, it would have made like about as much, about as much sense. Some guy who wants to harness the power of lava. <laughs> you have your supernatural element. You have the crazy lust for power. You have the warring nations of whoever. And bam, I've just I've just basically mentioned like nine shonen anime off the top of my head without actually you know giving you any theme. And Melvin Two's <laughs> like like motivation, if he has motivation really, of like letting the lava just kill everybody. He's like, man, they were. Remember how mean they were to us back then. <laughs> We should just let them die. <laughs> just burn you it. picked on me. Might as well kill you. <laughs> burn it down. Sure. Why not Melvin too? <laughs> Melvin too. Darth Vader. So on. It so just forth. makes me think to myself, man, what's a good standout shonen one-off and, movie? And I can't really think of any because they all start to kind of bleed together. I've seen the most out of all of you guys, and I can't think of one that stands out really. Um. I mean, I I, I, I guess maybe couple, maybe the forthcoming Demon Slayer movie, but that's adapting a manga arc. Well, that's plot. But like, if you're talking about the typical Shonen Jump esque plot, um, I get some enjoyment from the Fist of the North Star movie, which we revealed in the podcast. I mean, that's that stupid. Is, <laughs> it's stupid, but that's entertaining in itself, right? And um, I think some of the Dragon Ball movies are pretty good, um, mostly the Akira Toriyama written ones. And I'm I can't say I've seen much beyond that. I've seen a couple of the One Piece ones. We need to cover one on the podcast. Uh, I, um, I, I I I'm no help in this conversation because yeah, I've the I can say the most amount of shonen movies I've probably seen besides this one is I've I've seen a couple of the standalone like Naruto movies and that's about it. Yeah. <laughs> and how memorable was that, were those? Oh, I I know there was I know there was snow in one of them. <laughs> ah, I do. I do. Brava, brava, brava. I, um, I, remember I guess the, the Lupin movies like. kind of fit into that same because they're always doing the yearly special and then movies and so on and so forth. Yeah, true. Which I've seen some of those, and you know, and again, mixed bag. So, yeah. but there's some good ones. There's some meh, forgettable ones. Some bad ones. That's how it, that's how it be, especially when you're basically a franchise that's constantly meant to be cranking out shit to make money. So Yeah, you said the production was literally a year, so maybe we were being a little too harsh on this production for them. Yeah, but they could have took their time. I think they but clearly wanted to hop in on the hotness that, that, of Brotherhood. That's, that's the industry, though, in Japan, though, right? It's always the hotness. It's yeah, literally but then seasonal. that live-action movie came out in 2017, uh, right? Six years we, after. We don't talk about that. This one. We don't talk. I'm just saying, they... Time from Full Metal Alchemist is still a popular brand. We should we should we should uh, review the live action movie. I oh I God. still haven't watched that movie because I I want to I, I want to have fond memories of this show. Uh, <laughs> you wanna, oh, you want to talk about abridging the plot of Full Metal Alchemist? The live action goes all the way up to Lab Five, and then it just skips to the end of uh, the comic. But but going back to Milos though. In the end, I, like I said, that's part of the reason why I think this movie is kind of forgettable for me because there's so much stuff happening and not very well told. It's all I mostly focus on is the action scenes. I wish I took the time to memorize some of the better parts I liked of this movie, but it all kind of went out the ear right out the other. I mean, another good positive moment, throwing this back to the most memorable moments, I guess, is the part where Al just breaks his handcuffs when because, and oh. sort of implies he chose to just sit there. Okay. 
and wait because he's just the kind, patient person. And he's following the rules. He doesn't make any trouble. But when troubles happen, he just okay, boom, you know, I'm out of here. You know that 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 kind of leads into uh, my nominee for uh, Kamikin. Oh, uh, we haven't, but we haven't got. I know yet. that's. Let's finish up the nitpicks. Then. I know, but you were, <laughs> you just you you showed my hand, and I was like, oh, okay. Yeah, no, Alphonse is a good boy. I agree. I love Alphonse. <laughs> I don't have any more nitpicks. I think we're I think we're just basically deconstructing the shonen standalone like movie. I mean, it's it's bound to come up because that's basically what it's, it's, it's the, the, the the entire genre of that movie is basically just paint by numbers, so. Yeah. It it would have been interesting if this took more of a Shambhala approach, which is a more of an epilogue like following yep. Edward. If this got Arakawa I... more involved with it and, and then got kind of done, like, explain, explore the east and the west, because that's where the direction the characters were going. Alphonse goes east, Ed goes west, and we kind of, if we kind of did some more of that, exploring the oh, world, right. post I, 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 I feel I feel like the reason you can't really go in that direction, though, is because of the fact of what Ed gives up at the end of the series as well, too, right? Because, you know, they, they, they want to shoehorn in as much of the supernatural alchemy that they can and everything like that. Because Which it's flashing. If you're going back, if you're going back and how... forth, then you then it's like, oh my god, we've lost we've lost half our production value. <laughs> well, yeah, but then we could have scenes, cool scenes of Alphonse saving exactly. Edward. To to that, that cool. to that effect, slight spoiler, Shambhala, Ed, I don't believe has alchemy in that movie either. I don't remember. So I I haven't seen it. I don't. Think so. <laughs> there we go. But I'm just saying. If this kind of gone that round, gone with a post epilogue, maybe got Arakawa involved in. The Listen, she was she, by that point. Uh, by that point, she was she was knee deep in silver spoons. From what I gathered, she was told, "Oh, we're going to make a movie." She's like, "Cool, let me know if you need anything." And then the movie came out. She's like, "Okay, <laughs> cool, guys, thanks." I guess this happened. It looks real neat. <laughs> All right, let's move on to the award. Everyone's favorite award. Hey. Craig's especially Yay. the Camille Robinson's award for best boy or girl, aka the Kamikin Award. Woo! Boys, gentlemen, amigos, slap Betty. <laughs> There's the dog in the background. <laughs> oh, <okay. laughs> what? Who do we think deserves the Kamikin? The best boy or girl? Which do you think? I already told you my answer. All right, it's, it's Alphonse. Alphonse. Rodan. I yeah, Rodan. I, I I gotta agree with Alphonse uh, with an honorable mention to Gonzalez. <laughs> uh, see, my notes I had Boy, jokingly I put jokingly bring up Gonzalez unless someone else beats you to the punch. <laughs> Otherwise, it's Alphonse. He's such a good boy. Alphonse is a good boy. He's always a good boy. He, he just, he's always been a good boy. And Brendan just audibly saying, "Man." This guy could have broken out of jail at any point, but he was just cool enough to like just sit there and have a conversation with Julia. And then when the werewolf men just show up, he's like, "All right, when the time to get real, right, break those all chains. Right, I'm just break those cuffs. I'm gonna bust these cuffs and then just fucking just shit's about to get real. He's like, yeah. okay, okay, let's <laughs> all do right. this." Unanimous decision. Prob- I don't know. It's the first time ever. It's a unanimous decision. I can't remember. Uh, but otherwise, unanimously decided the Camille Robinson's award for best boy, a.k.a. the Kamekin, goes to Alphonse Elric. Craig will go visit you and place it inside your auto male body for you. <laughs> Keep it snug. Keep it, uh, much it with, with the cats, too. The cats oh. that like to chill in there. Send, send, well, send out the microphone just so that way you can take the, take the award speech. Of course. Anyway, moving on to the next award, 
the best use of minimal screen time award. <laughs> Here are the nominees. Feel free to add nominees if I don't name one that you particularly mentioned, but uh, here we go. Starting from the top, Yoki 2. Okay. Melvin 2. <laughs> Lava. <laughs> Pedro. Pedro, R.I.P. Gonzalez. Yeah. The Batman. The Batman. <laughs> sanguine Star. Wait, who's Sanguine Star? That's the, the, you know, the Sanguine Star is their sacred star that they have. It's called the Sanguine oh, okay. Star. So, it's, yes. It's uh, their Philosopher's Stone. Their, Thank you. Yeah, pretty much. So, uh, and the blood knife. <laughs> uh, that thing was uh graphic. Can I mean it? It's a very specific. Interesting that you have a knife dedicated specifically to stab people and I, to drain their blood. I, from I, them. I, I got. I think we. I think I got to give it to the blood knife. I mean, there's 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 a lot of there's a lot of knives in this world that you know just make oh. a big mess out of the entire thing. I I, I did want to know the story and the purpose of I the mean, blood knife. Like he's. Spe- I mean, if you could if you could you know put as much time into this movie as to explaining why we need to feel terrible for the Belotians and show me why we need to feel terrible for it, I feel like you could have shoehorned some of that bad pacing in there just to show me where he got the blood knife. <laughs> where do you get the blood knife what's it does is it designed for this specific occasion is this not a common like, does he I, keep this on his actual I, I, person i want to know if just when the blood knife isn't being used for blood if it's being used to like make like the perfect orange juice like <laughs> <laughs> just stab it in squeeze out mm, oranges. used for lemons too lemonade limeade all, all I mean, the fruits at that point can... too as well it's like you just you you, you Maybe it's not meant to be used as a weapon exactly. to strain blood. And maybe it's meant it's, to fruit, and he's using it improperly. <laughs> I know we're... This is I'm, actually a guys, fruit guys, knife. Guys, 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 I know we're high off this blood knife, but what about the random, just one-off scene of Armstrong? I forgot he was yeah, in Yeah, I movie. honestly <laughs> forgot he was in the movie. I scrubbed the footage earlier this morning, and I was like, oh, he's there. To that effect, do we just... <laughs> since they are a detractor, do we omit Roy... Hawkeye and Winry from this, because I, I their their involvement is they are they're, the they're unlike the Blood Knife. <laughs> I I, I, Pedro, I, I, feel, I feel like we might I feel like we might be painting the wrong idea of this Blood Knife. I had positive. <laughs> I'm sorry. The pr- the Fruit no. Knife. It was just being improperly used. Pedro, the but Pedro knife. though, we had a connection. I know. I okay. I, I I will say honorable mention is Pedro just because of the fact there. I have never seen someone go through their entire backstory and die so quickly. <laughs> yeah, and uh, and he definitely literally was going for that best minimal screen time award. That's he tried to be in the movie as little as possible, but damn, trying to make himself as that's impression why as I possible. say he wins because I, he I, gave the backstory. I, but and then in the end, I also need to. Uh, the, the only reason that I feel like Pedro shouldn't get this award is because, um, as the Malusians are, it's like I know some of them are just civilians. I know some of them are growing up, you know, basically as like rebels and stuff like that. Mm. If you are part of a rebel alliance, what part of you says, you know what? There's a man rushing straight at me. He's got claws. He's got teeth. I'm gonna lie down. <laughs> and honestly, Pedro's death no emotional impact on me. But what did have an emotional impact was the blood <laughs> knife. I yelled, definitely yelled, "Hot damn! <laughs> Hot damn!" All that blood's coming I, out. I mean, so we we've been Miranda. talking about this. Super gross. We've been talking about this blood knife, but also the I think the thing that we forgot to talk about was the was the blood tubes. The blood I tubes. Mean, yeah, that's true. That's a big internet. The, and you know what? It's, it's integral. It's integral to the plot with the blood tubes. <laughs> you know what? 
that makes me think of a nitpick in hindsight. It's like we're ignoring Blood Knight. This is not the Blood Knight's fault. This is the plot's fault. <laughs> that's, that's they implied and even do a bunch of sacrifice to power this circle, but all it took was like what two people? I, th- I thought it was just Miranda that just fucking feel the whole entire thing. No, wasn't it the other guy there, too? There, there was, was like the other guy there. Was, there, too? there was two people in the room, and then after that, they had some of the army people come in, and the floor just did that thing. Oh, just caved like, in, right? Shoop. At which point there, it's like, also at the same point, too, as well, it's like, now, I'm not one for trap design, so I don't exactly know exactly how trap doors are supposed to be worked or installed or anything like that. You know, I'm not I'm not releasing the hounds on the weekends or anything like that. But, like, how do you get the blood all over the place into the tubes once they go into the bottomless pit in the floor? Not to mention, can't be sanitary if those are also being used to communicate with people. Right. I mean, people talk in those. They put their lips near that, and there's blood all over Ew. it. I mean, that's just I feel like the I feel like honestly the 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 main antagonist of this movie is sepsis. <laughs> <laughs> I can get behind this way of thinking. So uh, sepsis is the greatest uh, mi- minimal screen time and the greatest villain of all. <laughs> I mean, Grace Villain, yes. Mental screen time, I'm still leaning on that blood. Oh. Yeah, I got, I, I, Not personally. Me- metaphorically, I'm leaning on that blood knife. I, I think I, I got to give it to the blood knife or the leany floors. All right. All right. Uh, I'll, I'll uh, let the blood knife win. Democracy prevails. Lava, com- Lava comes third, but that's only because it's got more screen time than most most of the characters in the movie. <laughs> that's true. I mean, more time than Pedro. So. Oh, man, Pedro. What an MVP. Gone too soon. <laughs> he could be the he could be the MVP, but the best use of middle screen time award goes to the Blood Knife. You feel free to stab right into that award and drain it for all its metal is. I don't know. I feel like you could just put that on a shirt. You know, just basically Blood Knife. Great for blood, better for juice. <laughs> better. <laughs> Wonderful parties. The inventor of this a knife was like, "Man, you're improperly using my knife. That should be going straight into a watermelon." All right, that's shit. That's just not that's right. right. I mean, James L. Watermelon just looking at his creation just like. (laughs) All right, guys. Final award for the evening. The best single thing. We don't have to agree upon something, but we need to have what we think is the best single thing. Who wants to start first? I probably have to say the, the, the best single thing is... It's not so much serious within this movie. It's It's more of the fact of... Like, towards the climax of the movie, them trying to plug the lava holes after the magma has turned into lava. Um, <laughs> <laughs> at which point there, it's erupting from everything, and they gotta close it. So it's just a bunch of rocky hands. So many hands. Because of, the, because of the fluidity of animation, it just looks like a bunch of brown sausages just going into this plugged hole that's just getting lava coming out of it. So you raise a hand for the Brock hand. <laughs> I gotta. I, I I would give a high five to those Rock hands if it wasn't for social distancing. <laughs> big big old high five. Social distancing high five to the Rock hands. Okay, Craig, how about you? Uh, I gotta give the the single best thing was um. God, just Julia turning into Scarlet Witch. Good on her for apparently ingesting the philosopher, the a fake philosopher's stone without literally dying, and powering up, cause that's 
because I remember Father Cornello, I believe that's his name, uh, from OG, doing the same thing, and it basically fucked his body up. But Julia, cool, she becomes a badass. Definitely, a, definitely a nitpick that I failed to mention was that this movie ends a little too clean in terms of everyone being fine. They saved his face. She stays alive. He's not dead. Everything's sort of okay, but not not messed up. I still am like now just, I'm now like, but you like Harry Potter. I I do. They're flashy, but I'm also just reeling from the fact that you brought up the logistical thought process of, yo, this, this con dude stole his face when he was a teenager. And he's an adult man. Yeah. How does that make sense? I don't know what type of, I mean, if you, if, I don't know what form of alchemy you have to use to change that child's face into an adult man face and make it still sign of <laughs> logistics. I, I, are I, I, th- I, th- I think the biggest nitpick that we missed, that we missed throughout that entire, that entire section though, was not only the fact that this man like cut off a child's face, it grew into a man's face. But then after that, they exploded the man's face and then successfully reattached it with no consequences whatsoever. Like, did they reattach it? Yeah, I just thought they magically they, grew it they, back. It, like, <laughs> this man should come across looking like fucking Palpatine. <laughs> but instead... Yeah, I, I mean, he got Vader. his face back no matter what. And, and again, that's the part of the whole ending is a little too clean. Gets his face back, comes back alive. She's supposed to die, but doesn't really die. And then she has regular eyes. She doesn't have heavy high shadow anymore. So, And she vomits back up that sanguine star, and it's all hunky-dory. Yep. But, you, but you got wizard battles. That's what Craig's... <sighs> single best thing is about a cadabra or just her her look the red coat i mean it, it, it it's pretty cool it's pretty cool okay i just put the alphonse brothers good to see him again as always because I, I just love they're good boys i love full metal alchemist just in general so they in the end they're gonna pull they're gonna pull me through because i just love seeing these characters i love the world even though i don't think this movie's that good it's I just love these characters in the in the long run, so I still get to spend time with them. So that's the biggest takeaway, mm-hmm. single best thing for me. Those Elric boys. They're at it again. They're at it again. All right, guys. Let's wrap things up. What did you take away from this experience, Craig? Uh, watch Fulmer Alchemist or Fulmer Alchemist Brotherhood. Uh, <laughs> they are now on the Funimation.com. And Netflix has... I think OG at least. It used that brotherhood. I don't know if it still does. You're can- you're in Canada. Uh, I was going to say, up in the fictional land of Canada, we have both. Uh, <laughs> you are privileged. It was both on Netflix at one point. I'm not sure Brotherhood's still there, but O3 definitely is. So, Okay, Broden, what, you, uh, what are your takeaways from this experience? My uh, my, my my biggest takeaway, honestly, is uh, no no matter how bad objectively that I know this movie is, I I will always enjoy it. <laughs> uh, just again, same deal. Uh, Alphonse, uh, Alphonse and Ed, always great to see them. Uh, that being said, even though it doesn't make any sense, I love every single time Mustangs Mustangs on screen. It's just great. <laughs> um, and then honestly, just big, biggest thing as well too is just being able to. Sit back and re- reminisce about watching anime with the friend dudes. Oh, the friend. Just... Oh, he's hit us right. Oh, the journey. Just, us... just, just getting all sappy. Oh, he's <laughs> right in my philosopher's stone, which is my heart. It's a, 
Come on. Wait, your heart is. <laughs> I was gonna say I was gonna I was, I was gonna ask where that was, and except also you know I didn't know if this was family friendly program. No, oh, Jesus, <laughs> I, I should have known this is the direction it would have gone. I just... uh, to answer your question previously, Zach, both the Metal Alchemist Brotherhood and O3 are on American Netflix okay. as well in their entirety. Okay, I knew O3 for certain. I thought Brotherhood was gone for some reason, but hey, there uh, we go. We got both. It, it's there. There we go. Cool. I mean, look. You could have, you have you options. Can, you have options, or both. That's like a hundred episodes of contents right there. That's a lot of. That's I a mean, lot of you could you could do a side by side watch. You watch the first episode of Brotherhood. You watch the first episode of Three, and just keep going back and forth until the story makes no sense. And then you're like, I don't then, know, I'm, this plot is very confusing. <laughs> and then if you, oh my really, god, this man in the glasses is alive. What? And then <laughs> if you really want to go above and beyond, go watch live action to make it completely fall apart. Uh, no, you no, watch no, just, all three. Just, don't, just don't watch the live action. <laughs> <laughs> three different streams. And you're Netflix like, man, that one's very short. <laughs> that, that live action one. Netflix just implodes on itself, and then it just says, "Full Metal Alchemist." Full Metal Alchemist. Full Metal Alchemist. <laughs> Full Metal Alchemist. Uh, for me, uh, yeah, I guess it's just a good time with the friends. Uh, I could check it off. It's finally, I've seen it. I guess after not seeing it for nine years, and now I'm like, well, glad I didn't miss out when that came out. I guess um, can go another night. <laughs> that's that's also another thing. I wonder if we would have been high on this thing if we watched it on I... like the cusp of the show ending. Well, I I remember watching it when it first came out as well too. When it was still the same kind of thing as well, where it's just like I I enjoy this movie, but also at the same point too as well. It's like I know it's got its flaws. I know yeah. it's not great. It's it was one of those things where it's just like the the OG series for well, I guess OG Brotherhood or whatever. Fuck, uh, Brotherhood finishes on such a high note, and then this came out, at which point it was like it's, huh. it's here. Yeah, <laughs> another adventure. Yeah, I, I, I enjoy Full Metal Alchemist. I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna argue about the fact that I don't want more of it. But okay, yeah, there <laughs> you go, and then you got it in the form of a sanguine star. <laughs> all right, well, thank you all for tuning in for this month's anime movie night. I hope you enjoyed the content we provide for you. I'd like to thank our guests. Bro Dan for being on this episode, his very first episode of our podcast. I feel feel special. I feel like a sanguine star. <laughs> and for the rest of you out there in podcast land, thank you for listening. If you haven't already, please subscribe via iTunes or Apple Podcasts. If you haven't already, leave us a star rating, a written review, so on and so forth to help people find the podcast. Don't care for any of those platforms we got to cover. Spotify, Stitcher, Google Play, fucking whatever. We're probably on it. If we're not, send us an email over at email at saverprogress.com. That is email at saverprogress.com. And send us questions, recommendations. Ask for Brendan to come on and be on more podcasts more often. Let him over from Canada. Hop on in. This is true. Have a good time. Bring I'll say I'll say funny Canadian words like toque and a boat. <laughs> oh damn! <laughs> there you got two for free. <laughs> yes, thank you for blessing us with your, uh, with your Canadian words and magic. Cana- Canadianisms. <laughs> oh no. Yay. <laughs> oh, shit. He said a third. Oh, jeez. All right. Twitter.com slash Save Progress lets you know when these episodes are out. We each have our individual handles in the description of the podcast below. Mine, Craig's, and I'll include Brodance too. Why not? Go subscribe. You can follow him and see him tweet I, about things sometimes. I, I retweet random things from random people and then occasionally have my own thoughts. Hey, yeah. that sounds very similar to my tweet. So they probably used to it if they're following me. <laughs> I doubt. (laughs) Well, I think that's everything. And thank you all for listening. Until 
the next anime movie night, which we haven't decided what we're doing yet, but we'll you'll find out eventually. Maybe. Someday. Probably. I don't know. All right, see you guys later. Peach. Have a good night.